Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how are you? Well, I did some nice things this week. Um, I went to Shakespeare in the Park to see Romeo and Juliet, and it wasn't bad. Okay. Um, the acting was fine. Um, it was way too Boslarmony for me. Like, but also, like, Friar Lawrence was teaching, like, Mr. Miyagi Tai Chi classes. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand really what they were doing Mm -hmm. with it at all. The guy who played, um, Friar Lawrence, and mind you, I... I'm blind. I don't wear my glasses ever. Um, he looked like a really thin, but still very fit version of Bruce Campbell. And it was very confusing to me. Was it Bruce Campbell? It was not. No. <laughs> I don't think I would be surprised if you had said it was Bruce Campbell. Like he does <laughs> the most wild and out there things that like. Yeah, no, but he looked like a younger, thinner Bruce Campbell. Okay. Okay. And I was just like. Um, yeah, and, um, I, what did I even do this week? So, yeah, the show was okay. It was fine. Um, the cider mill opened this week, so I got my first apple cider and donuts. Um, and today I was hanging out with Monica, and I showed her the Death and Aliens business cards, and she cried. She cried. She was like, they're so beautiful. Oh, I love her. I love Monica. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've just, you know, been chilling, hanging out. Finished, yeah. Finished the second book in the trilogy. Nice. So now you're on the third one. Yep. I have, I'm like a quarter of the way through the third one. I should probably all finish that one before I get back from Phoenix, probably. Sure. Um. Preseason football starts this weekend. Does it? Is that why I've seen so many football ads this week? Yeah. I. Um, it is August, isn't it? It sure is. Um, huh. But yeah. How about you? How are you? I'm well now that I don't have COVID anymore. That's good. Um, but because I did have COVID, I didn't do a lot of other things. Um, yeah. I played... I'm getting all of these like texts from this number I don't know. They've they've sent me a picture of wine, and then they sent me a message just now that just says hello. But I don't know this number, and I looked it up on True People Search, and it's not coming up. So I don't know. I'm so sorry for the distraction. Um, but the, uh, pro- the the problem is, I feel like you should know them because the first thing they sent you was wine. Right? I'm just gonna say, who is this? We'll see. We'll <laughs> find out live. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I've been watching. I finished the Good Fight after I finished the Good Wife. Yeah. Because um, I've just been binge-watching TV, obviously. Obviously. And then I started The Guardian on my watching everything on Paramount Plus before I get rid of Paramount Plus binge. And it's pretty good. Um, it's another legal drama from 2000, yeah. 2001. Um, I had never seen it before or never heard of it. And I only recognize, like, other than guest stars, I only recognize one person in the cast. So Great. it's fine. Um, um, and I've been also- playing some video games. 
Also, I would check, um, because of the writer's strike, um, half of CBS's um, primetime schedule come the fall are shows that were originally only for Paramount, um, and then now they're re-airing them as if they're actual primetime TV, so just double-check that, too. Will do. Will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I know, oh. I know, like, SEAL Team is going to be on the CBS fall lineup, starting with the season that wasn't on CBS anymore. Well, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't have any live TV, though, so I can't watch oh, it live. Just so, kidding. Yeah. Um, I've, I have received a, an, a response. It says, hello, is this Dr. Catherine recommended by Amanda? I'm Lily. No. This is not no. Lily. I'm so sorry. I am not a doctor. Block this person. Oh, it didn't let me block them. They must be a real number. Because usually if I delete it, and then it says, do you want to block, like Marcus? Yeah. John? No. I would just say so sorry. I am not. Ugh, this is so annoying. I hate people. Anyways, but yeah, so I've been I've been fine. I played this game called Ravenlock that I really liked. It's a, another spin-off game of Alice in Wonderland. Of course. But um as you can imagine. But it was really good. So I that's all I've done for like four days now, because that's all I could do. Yeah. Sounds all right. But you know what I need in this trying time of recovery? If the answer is spiritual guidance, I'm here to tell you that I'm only kind of going to give that to you. Well, I guess that's fine. Um, today, my, my thing, my quote, because I was thinking about football, and it is August 7th, which is Kyler Murray's birthday. He is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, mm -hmm. I say I have a quote from him that just says, I just show up and do what I'm supposed to do. And you know, I feel like at this point in my life, I just show up and do what I'm supposed to do and move on. I don't have time for anything else. Oh, that is so fair. That is so fair. I, uh, I do a lot of things a lot of times, but I get it. I get it. It's the right way to be, I think, at this point. Oh, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's part of your problem is that you try to do all of the things because you don't want anybody to be upset. I know. The people but I used to do book reviews for is looking for someone to host their horror podcast. And I messaged her. I was like, is this, do I have to do anything other than host? Like, can I just show up and talk and then leave? Yeah. I was like, I was like, also I have zero time. So I need to know yeah. if this fits in with any of those things. Yeah. No, Monica and Cody asked me if I wanted to come to their like magic, the gathering nights. And I go with all of the free time that I have, I will definitely get right on that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah, I do too many things. It's fine. It's fine. But now I've recovered, so I can go back to doing too, th too many things again. But today, in the list of things I do that is at the top of my favorites, is The Exorcist. I don't know if it's the top of my favorites, but definitely it's the top of my favorites. So, The Exorcist slips in there. Perfect. Um. So today... We are talking about The Exorcist, Season 1, Episode 4. It's called The Movable Feast, which I don't know that I 100% buy into, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, it aired October 14th of 2016. It was rated 7.8 out of 10. Um, it's kind of just hanging around that same rating the whole first of the season, it seems. Number one song is so closer. The number one movie is The Accountant, which I never watched. Ben Affleck, I think. 
Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was very popular. I never watched it. And the number one book is Woman of God by James Patterson and Maxine Petro, um, which means I assume that it was written by Maxine Petro and James Patterson has added his name to it, as as has been the case for the past 10 or 15 years of his writing, um, which is fine. A lot of people do it, but this is what it is. So I also had trouble this week finding some like news because I was like, I don't want to talk about the war in Yemen. I don't want to talk about like all of yeah. these like ISIS strikes. I was like, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. So um, I did find that there was a that a New York City surgeon separated twins with a craniopagus. Right. I think that's how you say it, which was very fun. They, everybody survived. All, all is well. Um, it is also Usher's birthday. Love Usher. Yeah. Um, and it is the death anniversary of Leonard Bernstein and Bing Crosby. So a lot of people are doing a lot of things on this day. But most importantly, October 14th as a whole is National Dessert Day, which feels like the most important thing. Definitely. Kind of, kind of strayed from death and dying and sadness. Yeah. For today, um, our director kind of. is kind of <laughs> well. You know, I can't like completely get rid of it. It is <laughs> the horror side. So people die. It's just part of life. Um, but I don't think they died in a bad way. They just died. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't go that far to it. Who knows? Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't. I don't um, remember. Don't either. Um, director is Craig Zisk. He is known for The Looming Tower, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Wu-Tang, and American Saga, and Weeds, which is a okay. collection of shows. None of which feel like they fit in this genre. Nope. And in a fun fact, he also directed the penultimate episode of season two of American Horror Story. Well, we're not quite there yet, so I don't know if that how that goes. Um but I can't think of a single moment of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that would make me think this guy would be really good at directing horror. Nope. Nope. Well, None of these. I mean, I don't know a lot about The Looming Tower. Neither. But, uh, yeah, the Wait. rest of them aren't really horror-based. <laughs> no. And they're not even... None of them are in the same, like, genre. No, like, Weeds is got it's funny moments, drama. but it's very drama. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine is like slapstick comedy sitcom, yeah, and and a Wu -Tang documentary saga. I was like, and a, and a mockumentary about the Wu Tang Clan is none of those things, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's when he was born in Dallas as well, which is four hours from my hometown. So he's a he's a character. He's a character. Um, our writer is Adam Stein, who's known for Under the Dome, C, which has Jason Momoa, your yes. fave. Our flag means death and designated survivor. Um, okay, and those at the, least those at least seem like they fit this a little bit better. Yeah, and he's the co-executive producer on a lot of his show. So mm -hmm. this is just one of the episodes he wrote. Um, the editor is Dana Congdon, who is known for The Basketball Diaries. Someone Like You, Dom Hemingway, and Coffee and Cigarettes. Um, I've heard of The Basketball Diaries and Someone Like You. They are both early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah. Basketball Diaries is Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, they're both an editor and they work in the sound department on a lot of shows. So, okay. Fun, fun stuff. And then our 
cast member today we were speaking of is Brianne Howie, who plays Cat Rance. Um, she is known for The Passage, The Exorcist, Ginny and Georgia, and I'm Dying mm-hmm. Up Here, which I'm Dying Up Here is also on my list of things to watch on Paramount Plus, okay. but I've not seen it yet. Um, her first audition ever was for the remake of 90210. She actually auditioned for like Girl with Green Sweater and then ended up getting a name part. It has been a very long time since I watched the new one. She played Stacy. I don't think I've watched it since it came out. So, like, I have watched it more recently than that, but I think I finished binging it in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's... well, it was in 20, 2011 is when it, the remake was. So, you weren't that far behind. Yeah. So, it was not recent. No, oh, 2000, oh, 2011 is when it, oh, no, it ended in 2013, in May of 2013. And then that summer, I finished yeah. watching the whole thing. It started in 2008. Mm, so she auditioned in 2011. So that's so she didn't get added to the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Stacy. Mm-hmm. No I'm sure it was a small is. role, but it was a name role. So that's something that's cool. Um, I tried very hard to find fun facts about her because I thought since Jenny and Georgia was so popular that there would be a ton about her. And I did find a ton of like interviews and articles and they were not interesting. Like, bless her heart, she is a great actress. I really like her. She's born in California, but plays Southern better than I would have expected. Um, and, man, but she doesn't have a lot of interesting things to say. So, good thing she's a, a good actress. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, we start off with a reminder of where we left off. With the Southside murders and Marcus being excommunicated. And then... We start with Angela calling out for Casey. She is making her favorite breakfast. She's like, we're going to have omelets or eggs or something. And she's like, everything's fine. And then she cracks the first egg and it's like a rotten bird dead. in it. Yeah. Dead rotten bird in it. And she doesn't react. She's just like, oh, look at that. And then keeps making things. And then she looks over the table and Henry is working like nothing's wrong. Kat is like stretching and doing her like ballet stuff, which obviously we know is weird. Yeah. And then the demon comes over and she's obviously it's a mental. I literally just like wrote what the fuck is happening because this whole scene was insane. At first, I was very confused about what was happening. I was like, why are we being this way? And then I realized that it was all in her head. Well, um, even with it being in her head, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. Oh, yeah. No, I still don't know that I, like, have a good answer for you. But, I mean, other than, like, her being restrained. But, like, so she gets the plate of eggs and they're just, like, full of dead little birds. And he's like, eat it. Everything's great. And no one is reacting like this is weird or bad when, obviously, it is. And then her feet start getting, like, um, attached to the floor. And then she gets knocked out of her chair and her arms are, like, uh, sealed to the floor. And it yeah. turns out when she's awakened, she's in the psych ward and they are um, chaining, they're, like, tying her down. And then I said, oh, good, she is getting psychiatric help. Yeah, well, sure. Um, but then, yeah, so it turns out she's in the psych ward. And then we hit the credits. Which is like a good opening scene. Yeah. It was good. Um, I started watching, so The Good Fight, 
the yeah. credits don't start until 15 minutes in the episode, which is the longest I've ever seen before credits hit. I've seen like a solid five minute opener, even yeah. if it's, we- it's weird and I don't like it, but I've seen it. <laughs> It's like consistently 15, like 13 to 17 minutes. Like there was one time that I thought it was time to like change to the next episode because I thought they're the end credits because it felt like it was so long. Like it is wild. So then I watched this and I was like, oh, this is a really nice opening scene. Everything makes sense. And we go to the credits like. (laughs) Like Dan watched this with me today. Um, I told Courtney this off air for those listening, but Dan watched it with me today and told me he wasn't going to pay attention. He was just going to do work on his computer because he doesn't watch scary anything ever. Um, the credits started and he just goes, well, okay then. (laughs) So you knew he was in from the beginning. I was like, oh yeah. But I thought he was going to be like, that was a little freaky and like move on and not actually pay attention. No, no, he no. he was invested. Well, after you see something like that, it's kind of hard to look away from. So right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so we come back and we're in the hospital and we learn that the family cannot visit her while she's there, which is my understanding, usually how it goes when you're in a 72-hour lockdown. A 72 hour, not just a 72-hour hold, like, uh, like when Norman put himself in the hospital mm-hmm. for a 72-hour hold. Um. You still don't get visitors, but at least it's it's there's more open to flexibility. She was on a five one five zero, which is the police code for absolutely batshit crazy. Um, which fun fact that is the one thing I found is a goof. It's only in California that that's the code. It's a different code in different states. Is it because I I the I did not know that that was. I think it's not just California. I don't know. That's who knows. That's what IMDb told me. Told me, and you know they lie to me. So you yeah. never know. But yeah, no, it was like serious, like hold. Um, and Angela does not. She does not like this hospital. Um, at all. And she's like, "Why are we here?" And of course, Henry's like, "It's the closest one," and we had to just like put her somewhere. Um, so she's like, "Whatever," and calls Tomas. That's her response to everything now, which honestly is probably for the best because she's not handling things well. No, no, no. Um, so then we go to Marcus. We have a lot of back and forth at the beginning. So we go to Marcus and he shows up at the friendly location that Father Bennett has given him. And it's a nunnery. Um, and the, the nun who opens the door, I don't think I ever call her name, but the nun opens the door and she just kind of blows him off. She's like, yeah, um, the, uh, the the sister that he's looking for is on, oh, she's a vow of silence. And he's like, well, when does she have a break? And she's like, she's real busy. She can't come to the door. Like, you can't talk to her. And he tells her that Father Bennett sent him. And she's like, okay, great. You can go around to the garden then. You're totally welcome. And I was like, this all sounds kind of shady. Like, you only let certain people in. Like, you, you need a reference to get to the nuns now. So that's fine. So then we go back to the hospital and Tomas shows up and he breaks the news to the Rances that the bishop will not do, will not do or allow the exorcist. And uh, he keeps saying that there's still a way he can help, but he can't do that. And Angela doesn't, doesn't care for that. 
Sorry, I just got distracted okay. by deep diving. Um, 5150 is, in fact, only in California. The reason I thought it was elsewhere is because, like, a fuck ton of people have written songs about it. But it's yeah. just because it was popularized elsewhere. And it is not actually a, a code anywhere else. Which is stupid. <laughs> like, it is stupid. what, like, what yeah. fucking right does Dirk Bentley have to be talking about 5150? That's literally the song that I was thinking about. <laughs> That's why I was like, I don't think it can only be California, because what would Dirks be talking about California codes for? Um, no, it is. It sounded better, maybe, than other codes, whatever. Well, because I don't know where he's originally with, it, from. It, Nashville. Mm. It rhymes with Popo, I guess. Right. I don't think 58 or 5583 rhymes with Popo. No, no, it doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> so California's the one, then. Yep. Good to know. Good to know. IMDb did not lie this time. Not this good time. Um, yeah. So we have a we have a quick, we have a quick, uh, brief interlude to Marcus, who's reading a book. He's sitting out in the garden when the nuns walk by, and one of them looks a little worse for wear. And then we head back to the hospital. Oh, and also, um, when he first goes and asks about the nuns, and he asks what time um her respite is um i didn't realize that that was still a thing when people take a vow of silence but it makes perfect sense that there has to be some time that you talk just because otherwise you would fucking go insane and your voice would probably like go out yeah. you know, when you don't talk long enough you're like yeah. voice gets scratchy and um yeah so it makes sense i didn't know that that was wasn't a thing I just yeah. assumed always was. I didn't. I didn't think twice about it. But yeah, it makes sense. But also, yeah, you would probably go crazy. Um, yeah. so we go back to the hospital, and the doctor tells her that there's that Casey has dehydration and genital burns, and a lot of it looks self inflicted. Yeah, when she was taking her fucking uh hair straightener, her, her curling uh-huh. iron, and burning herself, she was burning her coochie. I know, I know. That's kind of what I thought was happening, based on how we had the uh, in the film what happened. Mm, um, yeah. But that's why I said we're just going to pretend like she's just burning her stomach for now. <laughs> See, but I thought it was her arms, just because then they showed her with burns on mm-hmm. her arms. So I just assumed that that those two instances were connected. I mean, I think all is true. I think she was also burning her arms. I don't know if it was that moment, but it could have also been at that moment. Um, but yeah, and these doctors are like really trying. And of course, Angela won't hear it, but yeah. they're like, we're trying all these tests. We're going to keep trying tests. She can't leave. This is just how life is right now. Is interesting to me because it's like almost the opposite of what the mom did in the original movie. Like in mm-hmm. the in the original movie, she's like, "Fucking run every test that you have. Tell me what's wrong with her." Yeah. Well, I think Angela, that like, Angela is already so sure that it's a demon that there is yeah. no other answer. And while we know that that's true, and while I understand her her fear, wouldn't you rather there was another answer? For sure, but I think she also doesn't like this hospital for some reason because whenever. At the very beginning when she was like, you had to bring her here. And he's like, it was literally the closest hospital. Like, we had to bring her here. Like, it kind of made it sound like she didn't like this place for a reason. 
And I don't know if that's true. I yeah, just, like, no, I think things. that you're right. It definitely felt that way. But I also, I wasn't sure if that was a, like, pretentious snob kind of thing mm. or uh, a something happened in this hospital kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like a TBD. We'll probably come back to yeah. that at some point. Um, yeah. So we go to Marcus. And the first nine that he met is telling him to come and watch. And they're doing... A whole, a whole nun exorcist and uh, exorcism. There's a demon is attached to this man and he is not nearly as feisty as some of the other ones we've seen, but he is still a demon. And we see now that this is also how the like head, I assume she's the head nun. Yeah. She's, she's the mother. She's the mother of the abbess. Yeah. Gotcha. If you, that's the way like the in a in an abbess or a, a convent the mother is like the head nun and then sisters are the other nuns so if anyone's ever called gotcha. mother it's because they're like the leader of the that makes sense that makes sense um but we find out that's how she got attacked in the first place is that this demon has attacked her and he does it again yeah. and she eventually grabs his face and hugs him and then they restrain him again yeah, they like they start their exorcism with singing and then they're just praying. Like yeah. that's all they're doing. They're not like it's yelling. Very mild. Yeah. It's beautiful, actually. It is. And like, you know, if that's exorcism, bring it back. Um but and then we wake up the next morning and Marcus has been sleeping on the, the garden bench and the sister is like, You gotta go. She's like, my other sisters have work that need to be done, and you're making everyone uncomfortable. You got to go. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, he hasn't really done anything to make anyone uncomfortable, but fine. But like, also, like, a man staying in an abyss is probably not the way things are. Yeah. A man um, who was excommunicated from the church sure. is no longer a priest sleeping on a bench outside the convent. Probably not cool. Okay. Well, they're also doing secret exorcism, so we don't get to judge people. No. <laughs> That's that's how I feel. <laughs> so we go back to the hospital and the nurse is trying to calm Casey down. And she's like, everything's fine. This is all going to be okay. You're beautiful. You're doing really great. And the demon shows up and the IV will not go into her arm. And she's he's like, squeezing her. Yeah. And so he's acting, he's acting out a lot. And, um, He's telling her that she's not beautiful and like to stop resisting him so that he could, she'll just do whatever he wants, blah, blah, blah. And he is like, you got to give in. And finally the nurse gets the IV in and then he immediately grabs the IV and like squeezes it into her arm, which I'm sure is very painful. Yeah. Oh, I am not a fan of him. Sucks. Um, so then we go to um, Marcus who is on a bus which appears to be a serial killer bus of sorts. And it is like the wildest, kitschiest serial killer-esque bus that I've ever seen. And they're telling stories about H.H. H. Holmes and BTK, but they're like super like jokesy about it. Like he plays a scream every time a new serial killer is mentioned. <laughs> and he does it at the end and she's like, cut that one. And I was like, really? This is the one we cut? After all of them, and they're just like so ridiculous. Um, but then and this then, fascinated me because then they start talking about what H.H. H. Holmes did, and Marcus mm-hmm. implies that it was for a fucking demonic ritual. And now I'm like spiraling trying to figure out if H.H. H. Holmes was possessed by the devil. 
I think he might have been. That's what my new guess is. But yeah, so he steps in to say, like, to correct things. And they're like, please do not talk. We'll let you know when it's time for questions. And (laughs) then we go to the hospital. And Angela's gone to the chapel. What are they called when they're in the in the hospital? Oh, I think chapel. Chapel. Yeah. Is it just called a chapel? Okay, I thought yeah. they had like a different name. Um, so she goes to the chapel, and Henry comes in and says that he sent Cat, and he's telling a story where ages ago, yeah, um, it was him and Casey and Cat, and they were standing at the door, and he went to unlock it. When he turned around, Casey was gone. And she was standing, like, on the edge of the road where cars were just flying by. And he's like, I've never been so scared then, aside from when I was on the bus. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. Oh, yeah, on the train. And he tells her, he's like, so I'm super on board with whatever you want to do. Like, he's like, if you want to do an exorcism, let's do it. He was like, but he was like, that was not her. He was like, if the doctors find something, great. If they don't, and we need to go to... A Jesus, like, do what you gotta do. And I just wrote, oh, I like him. He's gonna die. I know. He's definitely gonna be the one to die because he's the only one that, like, actually like, can seem to The more die. I like someone, the more sure I am that they're not gonna make it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Every time. Um, so we go to Tomas, and he's going to visit this, uh, the mean woman again that I will never remember her name. Walters or whatever. Yeah. Marina. Marina's her first name. Marina. Um, so he goes to visit Marina about about meeting with the cardinal about this exorcism because he's trying to go above the bishop because the bishop has denied everything. And she's like, and, and his uh, nephew's with him as well. And she's like, yeah, she's like, oh, I see. You're like such a bad boy. Like you're going around the. She was like, she was like, like, oh, you're devious. I'm. I mean that as a compliment. I said, fucking yeah, course you do. I know. I was like, yeah, you're a shady lady. Like I don't trust you. Um, and so the child is wandering around, and he starts hearing moaning. And he, what? First of all, why are you wandering around someone's house? You don't belong yeah. there, child. This is kind of your Correct. fault too. Correct. Hundred percent. So he goes into this room and the husband is tied up to all his cords and whatnot. And he pulls off his mask and he has like the grossest looking tongue, like just sticking out of his face. And was, ah. And and I can't find out, I can't figure out if we were supposed to like think something was sketchy about that or not, but like we already knew he was dying and that there was something fucked up happening with him. So like, I don't, I don't know if I was supposed to find that like, uncomfortable just because it was uncomfortable or uncomfortable because it was off i think a little bit of both because he also looks really really old in this scene and it makes me wonder if like something she's doing is aging him quicker than he's supposed to be aging and that's what's made him sick um but i again I don't know if that's just my brain coming up with stories. Right. No, and that's the thing. I was like, I was like, my first thought when we saw him in there, I was like, oh my god, we're gonna see something like terrifying. And then he just like looked really fucked up and old and gross. Um, but we also know that she got married super late. Um, when she was already old and to somebody older than her who had money who didn't want kids. So he could yeah. just be that old. He could just be that old. Yeah. I just um, I'm gonna always blame her and say she's doing something. Right. No, I don't trust her for a second. <laughs> I just genuinely can't figure out if that was like meant to be 
a piece of that puzzle. Like, I mean, and I'm yeah. sure at this point, everything is a piece of the puzzle. I, I sure. get that, but I wasn't sure. It just doesn't quite fit yet. It doesn't fit. And I definitely felt uncomfortable, but I wasn't sure what, what their intention with making me uncomfortable was right for that right. moment. Yeah. Which is fair. Um, so, so he runs in there when he hears the child, what is his nephew's name? I'm Luis. really bad with names. Louise. I thought it was Louise, yeah. but then I was like, that's not right. Um, I'm really bad with names in this series for some reason. Um, so <laughs> he goes to Luis and he kind of pulls him in. He was like, it's time for us to go. When Marina finally says, she's like, you still haven't cashed the check yet. And he's like, first thing tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And then we have a quick scene where we go back to the Rance home and they're quietly sitting around the table having dinner with an empty chair, which is sad. Oh, sad. So we go back to Tomas and he's staring at the check and his secretary assistant. Yeah, the secretary um, comes in and he is like, hey, I need you to go get this cashed. And she's like, when did we become? um, She's like, when did we start receiving six figure checks? Yeah. She's like, are we laundering money for the mob? And he's like, I'm 90 percent sure we're not. (laughs) It's like, that's fair. (laughs) Um, I mean, to be honest. A six-figure donation to a non-profit organization that you're 90% sure isn't money laundering. Worth it. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Like, you, it could be could be way worse. Yeah. Um, and so at this moment, Jessica comes in. I was like, why is she? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jessica. So we go to the hospital. And... Casey, we find out Casey's not eating. She's not retaining fluids. And so they've decided to put a feeding tube in her. And Angela riots. She is like, we are not doing this. And like, to be fair, like, I get it. It's only been like 48 hours. So. But if you're not retaining fluids for another whole. Fluids is a problem. Yeah. Like, I would say that's why the IV should be there. But like food, I might wait. Right. But that's the thing is they've had her on an IV drip the whole time and she isn't retaining anything. So I guess that's true. They have to like they have to move to the next step. And yeah. I I agree. It's not great. But A, the doctor is correct. He does not actually need her permission. It's a courtesy yes, that correct. he's filling her in. And B, we already know the demon's fucking with the medication. So like, yeah, nothing, nothing they're doing is working. It's going to so help. They, right. So they're moving to extremes. Cool. Yeah, which tracks, which tracks. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to Tomas, who's talking with Jessica and we, find, we learn. That- but I also just want to say that in that scene, when we see how bad Casey actually looks and how bad everything in the hospital is, and you know that this poor, like she's not the bad guy. Like no, the demon yeah. in her is, and this poor kid, like watching this is awful. It's very sad. Like she's going through quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then we go to Tomas, and Jessica's telling him she's found out that Jim's been cheating on her, and she's like, "We were just writing all these innocent letters that I've been feeling so guilty about." I'm like, I don't know if they were that innocent, but okay, Jessica. But he's apparently been cheating on her, like full force with someone else and tomas is like she's like oh, i guess i'm gonna get a hotel room because i can't go back home and he's like just stay here and i was like bad idea for everyone i literally but wrote tomas fine. don't do it yeah no not a not a great idea for anyone bless his heart 
So, but of course she's like, sure, that's fine. Um, and so we go to Marcus and it turns out he's staying at the mobile home with the bus people. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. So he's telling them about, he's telling them like who he is. They're like, how'd you get with Father Bennett? How did you get here? And he's like, well, I'm a priest who's excommunicated. He was like, and they're like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, and he was like, and I'm an exorcist. Now, oh, an exorcist. Like, um, yeah. They were so, so, so basically, Cherry, Cherry and Lester are their names. Mm-hmm. And they are my new favorite people because they are both <laughs> the doctorates of some fucking weird ass shit. She is a doctor of anth- a doctor of anthropology, and he is a doctor mm-hmm. of divine studies. And come back to together, all they do is fucking study the occult and the weird patterns of yep. shit that have happened in the world. And for money, they just make assholes of themselves talking about serial killers because that's what tourists want to see and honestly they are my new favorite characters in the whole fucking show yeah absolutely they live in this van they just like (laughs) hang out and have like weird stuff all around like they're definitely they're definitely the characters i would want to be in this in this show right um but yeah so they're like super impressed with his exorcist abilities and they're like, how'd you get excommunicated? And he's like, oh, for a lot of reasons. And they're like, what'd you do to Father Ben? And they're like, I pulled a gun on him. Like, a priest with a gun? They're and obsessed I was like, with him. Okay. I was like, wow. I was like, I get it. But like, also, like, I get it. Like, I'm also yeah. a little obsessed with him. So, like, correct. Fine. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, yeah. And so then they start talking more and they're talking about the recent um, organ issues. And she confirms that they are used, that those specific organs are only used for summoning, which is been told by the cult of angels i'm this is one of the other times my pin went out so i missed the like latin term for it but essentially Um, it was the cult of angels yeah Uh, i I think i i don't remember how to say it i like in my brain i can like kind of picture it but i do not remember how to say it yeah so she's going through this and she's like yeah that's the only reason they're doing this there's no other explanation and then he asks her about Tattersall landscaping. And is that what we've heard of before? Yeah, that's the name that was on the van that the oh, right, Paul Giamatti right. guy, the Paul Giamatti guy got yeah, into. Paul Giamatti, right, yes. I had forgotten, because at first I was like, that's not the Walters company. That's not their last name. Because that's what that was no. my first thought, because they were also talking about how the church might be. Um, yeah. Uh, compromised or whatever so yeah so we go back to tom tomas and he is telling someone about casey but like vaguely oh this must be this is jessica he's telling jessica about casey he's like super vague about how everything's happening yeah and she's just like well you gotta do what you gotta do blah blah blah. it's very quick scene we go to the hospital and he starts he the demon is like on top of her and screaming and he's like i'm gonna bring the sledgehammer down he's like down and down and down and like it's just it's kind of terrifying and i get it like she found him as this like jovial guy who took care of her at the beginning and now he's just a demon like he is only mean to her and there's really no escape so then tomas wakes up in a like sweat from his like night i'm sure he's having another nightly terror as he does yeah. And then he goes to the bedroom and finds a note from Jessica. And it says, um, thank you for being the strong one. Or, like, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't be as strong as you or something like that. Oh, oh 
she earlier before when they were trying to go to bed, she's like, this is weird. It's weird. Right. And he was like, no, it's not weird. I said, no, it is weird. And you're a fucking yeah. schmuck. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Um, it is weird. So we go back to Marcus who's hanging out with his new nun bestie. And he finally goes to meet sister Bernadette. And she, my first, my first note was just, I know her. I couldn't figure out oh. how Did I know Did you figure her. out how you know her? No. Mm. I'm, um, sure she'll again. I'm sure she will. Uh, she has done a lot of things, but she was in... Oh, fuck. What show did I just see? She was on Broadway, and she mm. won a Tony um, for... Or at least was nominated for a Tony. Oh, for August Osage County. And oh okay that was a few years back yeah 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 but that's interesting hmm. yep i i don't know that i know her but i probably do but i don't know off the top of my head um but yeah so they're chatting and he's like you don't have all the normal things here however you do have a lot of belladonna it's flourishing i was like yeah that's a little shady um Rats. and he's she's like well that's just for for necessary cases so i was like yeah that, that's still poison it's fine um and Which this is where he brings I up was reading i was i just listened to a podcast about charles manson and um mm -hmm. how much belladonna fucking text uh text well the one who actually did the killing yeah yeah how much fucking belladonna he ate before he killed everybody like they were brewing a tea with belladonna to like get high off of and right. he didn't know what it was and he picked up a whole like baked potato size thing of the oh leaves and just fucking ate it i did not know that yeah so like that's wild not saying that he um killed sharon tate because he was fucked up but he also not. also <laughs> ate a baked potato worth of belladonna two days before he killed sharon tate so like yeah so that probably didn't help <laughs> right yeah um yeah so he starts telling her that the church is compromised and that like he wants to protect his girl from the exorcist like do this exorcism but he's not yeah. a priest anymore and she's like so you're just saying like a collar and a habit make us who we are and he's like kind of and she's like absolutely not you're just making up excuses i i was like hell yeah mb I, mm -hmm. I i was so when she went off on him i was like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen i'm genuinely yeah. obsessed with her she's incredible yeah she was like no this is crazy you're making up excuses you just have to keep going like this is just how life is now she was like um, she was like i don't know she was like okay so you lost one move on like doctors lose people like that's just how it is she's like but yeah. if you believe that your power for the exorcism was yours you were never helping them anyway like that's mm -hmm. not fucking how this works yep yep so we go back to the hospital and angela is finding any which way she can to blame the hospital for wrongdoing she's like going through statutes and going through like requirements and cash is like stop it stop it <laughs> and then Tomas shows up and she asks him about the exorcism again. And it's, he says that, and th it seems that this is the first time Kat's ever heard mention of this exorcism being a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. She which, was. Like, I missed that she hadn't heard of it yet. Um, but it makes sense. We hadn't seen her in yeah. these situations. Um, but so she, he's telling her, he's like, I told you I can't do anything officially. And she's like, so unofficially? Unofficially? 
And then we go back to the nuns. And Marcus is trying the technique of kindness with the demon that the other nuns were doing. Then he gets a little, little more passionate about it, a little more intense. And then back he, But when he was holding, when he actually like fell into what they wanted, how they did the exorcism, mm-hmm. and he was holding this man and like saying the prayer for the fallen angel and the forgiveness. I really, I was like, he is talking to himself as much as he's talking to that possessed man. And Absolutely. that was one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like, the lighting good. was beautiful. The the double meaning was beautiful. Like it was, the emotion was totally there. So there, it was yeah. one of the most beautiful scenes. Yep. And then the demon is gone and he did it. Yeah. He did so it. we know he can do exorcisms again. So they go back to the hospital. The demon's being mean to her again. And this was probably the worst scene. Um, she's messing with stuff and a spider crawls out of her nose. Didn't care for that at all. Um, and she looks over and the nurse, who's very kind, that's been helping her, is yeah. wearing a cross. And the demon just starts choking her. And he's like, all you have to do is say yes. And all of this stops. And so finally, she's just saying, she's like, I'll do whatever you want. Um, and then we go to the hallway, and the poor nurse is being calmed down and comforted. And then Angela starts going into the doctor, and she's like, you're not following the rules. She has to be released. These are all the things you're supposed to do that you didn't. And yeah. finally, he's like, you know what? I'll sign the papers. He's like, it's not because you're saying I should sign these papers, but yeah. I've exhausted every option I have, and nothing has worked. So... This is the only solution left. I was like, well, that sucks. But also, like, could you really exhaust every option in 48 hours? Like, I feel like there's still some stuff left. Yeah. Doctors have a lot of tests. But but. when she, when the demon almost, like, fully took her over and then Angela just, like, swooped in and saved her in that moment. Again, so beautiful. And it caught me off guard because I didn't think that was going to, like... It's not what I expected. Yeah. I, um, I, there was some genuinely, but I was like, but the problem is this episode had so many really beautiful moments in it that I know things are only going to get worse. Oh, they're like, only things are going to get so bad. Yeah. And I think like this, I mean, this episode was still 7.8, but I would not have been surprised if it was rated a little bit lower because it didn't have as much. people probably people probably rated it lower because it didn't have as many jump scares or intense things or the gore or the anger but i liked it better because those character moments were so good they were really well done this is only episode four and like the characters are already like really well developed which is yeah nice (laughs) um but yeah so we go to marcus and tomas and marcus has come into talks to Tomas. Thomas tells him the demon has manifested and he's like so what are you going to do about it like are you doing this he's like no and he's like well what are you waiting on he's like you and he's like great and Marcus is finally ready to like be himself again ready to take on the world this one exorcism put him back over the top and he's like I just need to make sure you're like fully invested like this is going to be insane and he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, how are you doing? And he says he's as big as a mountain. And yeah. then they start creating an exorcism room. And then yeah. we end on a montage. We start with the family. 
and Kat, like the family downstairs, kind of getting ready while Kat's disappearing into her room because she's uncomfortable with everything. Marcus has a really strong rosary, which I'm sure he got from Bernadette, and is help- yes, helping to. It is. It's the one that on. she was. It was the one that she was holding at the. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, he puts the collar on. They're ready to rock and roll. Casey's been chained up. Well, and then we and just hear before. Tomas asks him when they're, he's helping Tomas put his collar on before they go into Casey's room. And Tomas asks that, says he has one real question before they do this. And Marcus is like, what is it? Thinking it's going to be something about like how to do it or something. And he goes, why is all of this happening now? Because my guess is that, um, I mean, Tomas already thinks that it's bigger than just Casey, but my guess is that if they're working together, Marcus has probably filled him in at least a little bit on the rest of the, the world the some of the rest of what's happening at least in chicago yeah. and um so marcus is like that's a great question let's go get the answer yep yep so uh yeah so this episode ends with him just with marcus saying let us begin and so we know or can assume the next episode will start with an actual exorcism yes yeah, so uh, that's our episode. I do not have any trivia for you. I am so sorry. Um, no one seemed to care to tell me anything about this uh, this series. Um, but who do you want to punch in the face? Fuck, before we started, I already said I didn't know who I was going to punch. <laughs> and I still don't. Um, honestly, I'm picking salesman which is what the demon man is credited as the salesman um and not because he's a demon or because of him fucking with casey because that's awful and always going to be true right but that sweet nurse was the only person in that fucking hospital who seemed to actually give a single shit about casey and not just Mm -hmm. the situation and he yeah. tried to kill her. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's fair. That's probably the only choice, really. Um, but I'm gonna go with a little bit out of the box, Angela. And not she that she did anything fu- like super wrong, but she but was, she was super a lot. annoying and she wasn't really helping anything. No, she was a lot. Um Yeah, which was just kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, who's your MVP? Mother to Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She's... Yeah. Um, she would have been who I picked as well. Um, she's just the best, and she got Marcus she got together. Mar- yeah, she got Marcus to get his shit together. She is ex- also like the complete example of what the church should be about the fact that the only thing that we have over the demons is love. And forgiveness and grace. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I might end up in a pattern going back and forth a lot, but it just is what it is. This week, I think I'm going to pick Henry. Because he's just like, it's just the one that kind of is keeping everyone together. And oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I keep picking him. Mother Bernadette's moment and Henry's moment with Angela, and then Marcus's moment with the actual demon. Like those were the three moments that I was like, oh god, there's actually people that are like good people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, so that's who I'm going to pick. Do you have any predictions? Um, well, I've already predicted that something awful is going to happen to Henry because I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have <laughs> this weird, like, thought in my head that there's going to be, like, a fucking exorcism Ghostbusters team and, like, not as, like... <laughs> Not like as kitschy as that, but like yeah. the list the list of friends that Marcus had on that piece of paper. We met Mother Bernadette and we met um Cherry and Lester. But there's I think three more names or groups on that paper that we haven't yeah. met yet. And I think there's gonna be like this weird exorcism crack team that is like solving and that they're all gonna have to come together before the Pope gets there and it's gonna be some fucking weird oh, shit. For sure. <laughs> yeah i think so i think um i think tomas is gonna end up talking to the cardinal after like very soon um because he did request that and then he just kind of went with his exorcist anyways mm-hmm. but i think he's gonna talk to the cardinal who's gonna also turn him down um i think he's gonna get turned down until the pope gets there and i feel like the pope's gonna be like yeah let's do this thing um i also think that the demon is gonna um attack tomas via jessica the way that Mm -hmm. the demon in the movie attacked the guy because of his mom and um well that's what marcus hinted at in the beginning anyways whenever he yeah but like i think tom and tomas is gonna um have to do some real fucking soul searching before he Mm -hmm. um does anything yep i agree i agree um yeah, I think that's all I have in the way of predictions. Yeah. So, for no- if there's nothing else, if you have any predictions, any thoughts, questions, concerns, email us, deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can find me at cecloud13. You can find me everywhere at emkay underscore superstar. And we will see you Sunday for Sci-Fi Sunday. Bye. Bye.